0: Okay, good evening everyone, Shem Aleichem, Baruch We have really two amazing topics tonight, so a uh, session, we're going to try to cover both of them. Um, I'm going to take all questions after the share. <laughs> um, all your comments I'm going to address after the share. We have a lot to speak about, I, I may even break it up into two shuram, but <clears throat> we have to do both tonight. Okay. So, firstly, the Shuraimansa for Boracious are generously sponsored by Dr. Zakim Umshrachta, Leila Nishmas of Shemelezer Ben Rab Yaakov Zakaim, and Leila Nishmas, Dr. Zakaim's mother, Rivka Bas Tuvia Halevi. Began Eden Temer Chasam. they should be Melitza Yeshem for their whole family. Adbiasko El Tzedek. Tonight's Shur is dedicated by Yitzhi and Dalia Stern, Leila Nishmas Rab Eliyahu Alter Ben Rab Misha Halevi. Dalia's father who was recently Nifter began Eden to him in the Hasai, the email to whole family at Biasca El Sadak. If you didn't yet get the new sefer, Romear Balanes and the Eternal Children of Hashem, the good news is it's available right here. And I'm very excited. You're the first to hear uh, very exciting news. Um the next sefer in the queue of course, is in Lashen HaKodesh on Chinoch if anybody would like to participate. But as of today, late breaking news. Besides the Sfarim in English and Lashen HaKodesh that are in the queue, we're starting a new series in a new language. So the books are starting to be translated now into Spanish. So if you have the mystery and the majesty, and you say, well, I read it in English already. Well, you haven't read Delo Majest. So you say I don't I don't speak Spanish. You don't have to speak Spanish to be dedicate the svarim. You can still participate in dedicating the svarim even if you don't speak Spanish. So if you want to bring uh, the svarim to a wider audience, you could be Mishtatef. You could be from the asara rishanim of this new. Venture, That's that was just started. Okay, we have two uh, very important subjects to discuss tonight. Uh, we spoke about the fate of Yishmael in the end of days. We mentioned that Yishmael did tshuva. We, uh, the Meshachach said that if Yishmael did tshuva, that is a portend on the end of days, the Yishmaelim will do tshuva. On the other hand, there's a tradition that Yishmael will be destroyed in the end of days. And uh, the question was, How do you reconcile the two? We offered an approach that in the end of days, Yishma will be given an option. They could choose to do tshuva, they could sign the Abraham Accords, they could live in peace with us, or they could suffer the fate of the Jews in uh, Gaza. But now, tonight, we're going to talk about Esav. This is a subject I wanted to talk about for quite a while. Um, And I think it dovetails perfectly uh, uh, after what we spoke about Yishmael, as well as what we spoke about last week. Last week we asked a contradiction in terms of what is the role of Mashiach ben David. If you remember, all the years we always said over, Mashiach ben David takes us out of Golas Yishmael, Mashiach ben Yosef takes us out of Golas Edoim. Last week we saw many sources from the Gra that Mashiach ben David will take us out of Golas Edoim. Remember the question we had last week? So we said, well, it might depend which exile stands last, which, which nation stands last. If the last nation standing will be Ishmal, David will take us out of Golos Ishmael. If the last nation standing will be Esav, David will take us out of Esav. We also offer the possibility that when Yaakov Inu switched his hands, Sikhelas Yadav, that maybe he gave each one the ability to fight the other. We also... Um, mentioned that Yosef himself, because he has the letters Samach and Pei, he's able to fight both Esav and Yishmael. Esav is Samach, Yishmael being Pei. Rabbi Isai, fasten your seatbelts. We want to know what will happen to Esav in the end of days. Okay, So let's begin with the Pasuk and Oivadah. And I think uh, we might have to break up this shir into two, but we've got to do both parts tonight. So the Novi Oivadah says, the Ve v'is yak oives. The house of Jacob will be fire. Ubeis Yosef lahava and the house of Yosef flame. Ubeis Esav lakash. The house of Esav will be straw. V'dolku bahem. They will ignite against them. Yaakov and Yosef will ignite against Esav. V'achalam, it will consume them. V'lo Esav. The house of Esav will have no remnants. There will be no survivors. No survivors. That doesn't mean a few. That doesn't mean two. That means no one. No one from Aesav will survive. So I got a hold of the safer that I found. I can't find many of the Marma that it quotes, so I just brought the safer as is. The name of the safer is Dea Chachma Lenafshacha of Meyer Morgenstern. Okay? And he brings that what will be the fate of Aesav in the end of days? I saw this many weeks ago. I put it on my desk. Which means the chance of me finding it in a few weeks is come out impossible. If you see what's going on there, it's, but a miracle happened. I found it. Okay? Yeah, you believe me. David will, will acknowledge. It's not likely. Okay? It's not, but there is a method to it. You know? Anyway, I dug it up and he brings that we find many sources. Then the end of days, L'chayra Esav will not have any Tikva. The Ramak, Moshe Kordovera writes, L'asad lavoy, Ain Ein La L'Eisav. The G'ra, at the end of Safra D'Tzni and I'll tell you, I think I know where in the G'ra he's speaking about, I don't see where the G'ra is saying it, but I'm just bringing what he says. The G'ra writes that Hevel was Yishmael, Hevel was a good guy, so Yishmael did Shuvah, and therefore perhaps the descendants of yishma'el will do tshuva. Esav never does tshuva. It sounds like from the gra, Esav has no tikkun la'asad la'vay. That's, the, uh, that's what, what I always thought. I always thought in the end of days, Esav has no tikkun. However, there's a statement of the Medrash. Really, Bezus HaShem, this year, we need to have a shira, just on th- these lines of Archaim HaKadosh. Archaim HaKadosh says, Raise your hand if you like bacon. Okay, good. Let, raise your hand if you would like to like bacon. Right? Jews ha- love fake bacon. Fakin. W- what it is about it, it's not even edible, that thing. What? But, okay, m- they think that, you know, they're missing out. It's like FOMO. They sprinkle the bacon bits on things. Uh, you know, they have, uh, f- whatever it is, whatever the psychology is. What? You're not allowed to. Oh. Okay, that's beyond the scope of this lecture. But but um, okay, Rabino B'chai, excuse me, the Aruchim Hakadosh brings that when the Torah talks about the chazir, it says don't eat the chazir. It has split hooves, and it doesn't chew its cut in the future. It doesn't say v'hu loygar. It says v'hu gerah loyigar it will not chew its cud. Says Arachem that's a stipulation. So long as it doesn't chew its cud, you're not to eat it. But in the future, the pig will chew its cud. And then it will be mutter. That's why it's called Khazir. Yachser ha It will revert back to its original heter. La-asid All McDonald's will be kosher, not just in Argentina. All pig will be kosher. And it's not that you'll be allowed to eat it. Rather, it will chew its cud. The pig will chew its cut. Now, what nation does the pig represent? The pig represents Esav. Just like the pig is a head with a body with no neck, Esav and the Samach Mem are sandwiched one onto the other. So, if the pig will become kosher, doesn't that seem to indicate that Esav will do tshuva, Furthermore, the Medrash Talpios, the Medrash Talpios was written by Rabbi Yohai of Izmir. He says that. The uh, reason he quotes Rabbein B'chaye, I don't think it's extant in our Rabbein B'chaye, that La'asid Lava'i, the pig will become kosher, which is a good thing. Sometimes people have uh, open-heart surgery and they replace valves or arteries with the arteries of a pig. So don't worry. Don't think you're not kosher. Now, one day you'll be kosher. And um, the Medrash the Tapiyas brings something out of this world. I don't know where this comes from. Shlomo HaMelech built the first base of Mikdash. Zrubabel built the second base of Mikdash. The third base of Mikdash will be built by Esav. Don't look at me. I'm just reporting to you what he writes. And Esav will revert back to being kosher. And that's the meaning of the garzaev im keves. Meaning the Jewish people who are compared to a lamb will live with wild animals. So we have... A number of sources of Shlach HaKadosh also brings us that the pig will be kosher la'asad So the question is, what will happen to Esav in the end of days? Do we say, like the Navi Ovadia seems to say, like the Goin seems to say, like Ramosh Korovero seems to say, that Esav has no tikkun la'asad Or do we say he's like the pin, the pig, that will make a, a comeback la'asad Yeah, that's the question. So, Ravit Morganstern Morgenstern makes an attempt, quoting a sefer, Called Tairas Chacham. Anyone here ever go to Harazesim? Yeah. Did you ever like go to the farm there, or you just like went to one place with like thirty people with guns? Did you ever do a proper Harazesim? Did you go down to Arachay Makadosh? Yeah. Who else is there? The Beneshay. Who else? Reb Sharabi. And next to Reb Sharabi is a Talmud of Shlomisharabi, Chavrusa the Chida. Rab Chaim Dilarosa. I don't think we've ever quoted him before. Rab Chaim Dilarosa. Rab Chaim Dilarosa wrote a sefer, Toiraz Chacham. So it says, Rebbe Shemaier Morgenstern, that could be, really, La'asid Lava'i, Esav will have a tikkun. And Esav will revert back to a state of kashras. But everything in this world is relative to something else. Relative to Yishmael, Esav won't have a tikkun. Meaning like this, Yishmael will do some type of tshuva and therefore his children will do tshuva. Everyone ultimately has a tikkun, some take a lot longer than others. So in the end, in the end, the Esav (laughs) will get us to do tshuva, and they'll turn around, but it'll take so long, and it'll be so against their will, and it'll be so protracted, that vis-a-vis relative to Yishmael, they don't have a tikkun. But they do have a tikkun. And even Yishmael, they don't really have a tikkun, it's only relative to us, they don't have a tikkun, but they have some form of tshuva. But when we say that Esav doesn't have a tikkun, it doesn't mean ever, forever. It means relative to us and to Yishmael, they don't really have a tikkun. But I want to bring to your attention the unbelievable comments of the Chizkuni. Chizkio one of the He's discussing Yishmael's tshuva. One of the proofs that Yishmael did tshuva is the fact that it says by Yishmael, "Alashanav he expired. Anybody, anything that expires, it means they're a tzaddik. Orange juice, you know. Not just joking. It's a kasha. Why does it say by the dar <laughs> Um the the, the 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 klal is whenever it says gevya, is by tzaddikim. So the Gemara Ah. So um, Rabbi Yosef's kasha. What do you mean? What about the dar ha-mabal? So Chazal say it's only gevya ve I Chazal say what about Yeshmoel? It says Gviva Vasifa says the Khaskuni Yishmal Dechuva. That's our Girsa and the Khaskuni. But there's a Girsa in the Khaskuni, an unbelievable gersa, gersa, I was not aware of it, where the Khaskuni says, The Nami Chuva Avad, Asav also did You like that? You do? In the footnotes, in the Mosadarav Cook edition, he brings in an, in an, from an ancient, uh, one of the Gersois in the Chizkuni, is Esav also the Tshuva. By the way, in Chizkuni, Maduras, Knessas Shraga, he also brings that Esav Nami Chuva Ava. Now, where does that come from? Did you ever find Esav doing Tshuva? We don't find that he did Tshuva. Yaakov Avinu encounters Esav. Esav wanted to kill him. And then, later on, when Yaakov died, and they wanted to bury Yaakov, Esav said over my dead body. So where do we ever find that Esav did some type of tshuva. So we have to explore that. Marv Rabbo how many people are buried in the Mara Samach Pela? Adam and Chava, Avraham and Sarah, Yitzchak and Rivka, Yaakov and Rachel? Ah, oh, Shkayach. You were there in kindergarten when they indoctrinated you that Esav's head is also there. Okay, I'm not going to ask you if you remember anything else from your first 20 years of learning. But that, that piece of information, that you still know. Esau's head, even though it doesn't say that anywhere. Even though his head is not there. But that you know. His head, we're going to talk about his head. No, it, it might be there. Okay? The grah, the gra, has an amazing deal. In Parshas Chayisara, when, when Avram Avinu was buying the Maros Machpelah, seven times it says, burying the dead. The ekberas may Simil Afanai. Mesa, Mesa, Mesi, Why seven times does it say Kvuras Mes? Why the first six times it says Kvura and then Mesa? You bury the guy before he dies. Kvura and then Mesa. And the seventh time it says Mescha Kivar. At this time, when Avram wants to buy the Marasanah Pela, Two people are there already. Adam and have are already there. So we only need to get in seven more people. So perfect. It says seven times, burying the dead. But why the first six times does it say, bury the dead, and then the seven times it says, the dead bury? The answer is, says Vilna Goyen, Tzadikim are alive even when they're dead, and Rasham are dead even when they're alive. The seven times it says, burying the dead represent Avraham, Sarah, Yitzchak, Rivka, Yaakov, Leah, Esav. Six times it talks about burying the dead. You know why? Because tzaddikim are alive, even when they're dead. So do tzaddikim ever die? The Gemara asks, do tzaddikim ever die? Doesn't the Pasuk say everyone returns to the dust? The Gemara says in Shabbos, a minute before resurrection, the tzaddikim die so God could resurrect them. But until resurrection, the tzaddikim are always alive. Says the Grah. So by the tzaddikim, it's kavar mesacha. First they're buried, and then they die. But by Esav, whose head is in the Maras HaMachpelah, he was dead even before he was buried. He was always dead. So he's meisachot So this is a reference to the idea that Esav's head is in the Maras HaMachpelah. Let's examine that. Because uh, the first part of the shir is the fate of Esau in the end of days. And then the second share will be who killed Esau. Okay? Let's start with Pirkei Derebelezer. Pirkei de tells us a story. That at the end of the life of Yaakov Avinu, they come to the Mara Pela. comes from Harseir to start up a whole fight with them. What does Yosef do? Yosef sends Naphtali to go down to Egypt to bring the document of sale. Naftali ayala shlucha. Chushim ben Dun is there. Come on, help me out. Everybody knows Chushim was? Yeah, yeah. So that's the other thing that you remember, good. And, um, and they, he asked what's going on, and, they, and he points. They said, this guy is stopping Yaakov from being buried. He whipped out his sword. He cut off Esav's head. By the way, effectively ending the fight. That works, by the way. So let's say you're fighting with somebody, and you don't like what they're saying. If you chop off their head, that's the end. This way, why have a machlikas? You know, it's a peaceful... It ends things with shalom. It's, it's hard to fight with somebody if you... Okay. That's what Chushim ben Dan did. So what did Yitzchak do? Now, where was Yitzchak at the time? He was buried. Yeah, but he's alive. We already said that tzaddikim... Yeah? He picked up Esau's head. He prayed to God, have mercy on him. It's not his fault. God said, nothing to him. Okay? So Chushim ben Dan he killed Esav, he knocked off his head. Also, if you look in Targum Yonah and Ben Uziel, it says the sons of Yaakov carry uh, Yaakov to um, the Ma'ara Samach Pela, and Esav is there, he's not allowing Yosef to bury his father, so they send Naphtali, he runs to Mitzrayim, he comes back in the same day. In the meantime, they tell Chushim ben Dan what's going on, he took a sword, he cut off Esav's head, his head rolled into the the Ma'ara, and it was buried next to Yitzchak. His body is buried in the field of. Uh, of the, no, that's not what it says. You see, the Pirket Revelazar says. Where is the body? Where? The, the body's in Chevron. Our cousins are under the cousins over there. They get Esav. That's what the Pirket Revelazar says. It's somewhere in Chevron. It's in Chakal Kefalta. It's in the field of the Marasa Machpelah. But Yaakov is buried in the Ma'ara Samach Pela. That's the Purkader of Lezer. That's the Targum. That's what most people are familiar with. And that's what you learned in kindergarten. However, the Gemara and Saita has a different story. What does the Gemara and Saita say? The Gemara and Saita says, they got to the Samach Pela. Esav said over my dead body. Esav said, come on. You know, there are four pairs over here. Abraham, Adam and Chava, Avram and Sarah, Yitzhak and Rivka, Yaakov, you took your share. And Leah, one second. Leah gets half, so Asaph says, I get the other half. You gave your half to Leah. So Asaph says, I should get the other half. So they said, what do you mean? You sold the birthright, the, the bachar, to Yaakov. So Asaph says, who cares? There's three portions. There's the, there's the firstborn, there's my portion, and there's his portion. So I sold the birthright. I sold the bachar. Fine. He already took 50% of the ma'ara. I get at least uh, 33%. You can't bury him here. He's being buried on my you, you're gonna, he ha, He's entitled to 17% more, more. I'm entitled to 33% more. Because, think about it, between Yaakov and Esav, there are three shares. Yaakov gets two. Esav gets one. Yaakov took half. He gave it to Leah. I should get the other share, Esav says. So they said, no, you sold the whole thing. He said, prove it to me. Where's the star? They said, Oivai, we left it in uh, Egypt. They dispatched Naphtali to go get the shtar. In the meantime, Chushim can't hear a thing. He says, what's going on over here? They point to the red guy. They said, the red guy is stopping. Chushim says, this Cheleria is stopping the burial and in the meantime, with this Yaakov Avinu, the God, although he's going to lie here in, uh, in B'Zayon. He whips out a sword. He, he hits him on the head. Esav's head, nothing happened to it. Sorry. I know this is very um, traumatic, <laughs> but what they told you in kindergarten, that didn't happen. Why they preferred to tell you that a head actually fell off, why they felt this would be better for your emotional development. Maybe, maybe because what the Gemara says, he hit him on the head and Esau's eyes popped out. Maybe that's more traumatic. I mean, they probably discussed this with various therapists, and they came up, that it's better for children to hear that someone's head fell off than their eyes popped out. <laughs> okay? And um, the Gemara says, the eyes of Esav fell out and they rolled on the floor next to the feet of Yaakov. Yaakov opened up his eyes and he laughed. Yismach tzadik kichaza nakam pa'amav Rasha. Many people asked, you know, when the guy... Cursed Israel, and then he dropped dead. Whether you're allowed to be happy about it? Yaakov Esav's eyes rolled to the feet of Yaakov, and Yaakov laughed. So, okay. yavin. Um, okay. The so, ibud So then, so then, where, where is the, the rest of him buried? Where is he buried? The Gemara doesn't say. All we, so far, we have the Targum Meonis Ben Uziel that he's buried in Chevron. We'll see. There's another opinion. The Karanoira says, "Why did Esav's eyes fall out?" I knew you were going to ask that question because usually that doesn't happen. Yeah, but usually, usually they're 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 pretty tightly uh, connected. Yeah, usually the bolts are working pretty well. Um, so the Karanoira says like this. Leah Yemenu was supposed to marry Esav. And by crying, she took herself out, out, out of the destiny of Esav HaRasha. But Esav said, if I can't marry her while I'm alive, at least let me be buried next to her. And because he put his eyes on what didn't belong to him, the Karanagorah says, his eyes fell out. Let's try to understand a little bit why Esav's head is buried in the By the way, I want to share with you the chidah brings from the Mekubalim, not only his head, also his feet. Okay, In case you were wondering, that they definitely didn't tell you in kindergarten. No. That would be mu- much too traumatic <coughs> if he got hit on the head, his eyes popped out, and his feet, how did the feet get there exactly? That would have been too much. But I'm telling you now, now that you're an adult, you can handle, the chidah brings on, say, in Jeremiah that the Mekubalim say, the feet of Esav, if you look at number 23, are also buried in the Ma'ara Samachpela. Why is Esau's head in the Ma'ara Samachpela? So there's an idea like this. Rabbi Yisrael Salanter would say, the greatest distance in the world is between the five towns and Lakewood. No, I'm joking. What would he say? The greatest distance in the world is between, I mean driving time. (laughs) Is between the heart and the mind. What does that mean? Everybody knows what the right thing is. Everybody knows what they're supposed to do. So why don't people do it? Because they don't want to. So there's a there's a gap between the head and the heart. The head knows what to do. The heart isn't feeling it. So Esav, in his mind, he was a big Talmud Chacham. Esav was a holy soul. Esav was a was a, was a, very knowledgeable. Esav knew the complexities of halacha. However, he had taiva; he had improper desire. So, Esav's head was good. His head is in the Ma'aros The rest of him was wicked. That's the Indian that Esav's head is in the Ma'aros However, the Arizal has a different take on this. We know that Yitzchak loved Esav Kitsayid b'fiv. What does that mean, Yitzchak loved Esav because his catch was in his mouth? Yitzchak loved Esav? Yitzchak loved barbecues? So the Arizal and Sefer Oivadia bring something incredible. The Arizal says there were sparks of Kedusha in the head of Esav. Which sparks of Kedusha? The Arizal says they were specifically in the mouth of Esav the mouth, that's what it means, which sparks of kedusha? Shmaya, Aftalion, Rabbi Meir. It's not in the book, but we'll have to add to that. Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Akiva. These Neshamos were in the mouth of Esav. They were in the head of Esav. Therefore his head was buried in the Ma'aras Hamachpela. Last time I went to Eretz Yisrael, I wasn't able to get to Rameir, but I said it was okay because I went to the Maros and I went to Esav's head to be able to visit Rameir. You know, but re- the reason that Arizal says Rameir, the reason why Esav's head is buried in the Maros Machpelah, is because he had holy souls attached to the rosh in his piv. This is what it means: Vayehav Yitzchak Esav Yeah, the Ariza. Well, it's not Maya. I didn't I didn't come up with this. You know? <laughs> but, and, well, I mean, based ha, on what? Well, yeah, I mean, based on the Ariza. That's it. You know, he, he knew these things. Well, that's great. how he understands Kit Befiv. Bfiv. That's the reason why Esav's head is buried in the of Pele. He says, um, now how did the souls get out? It was buried with Yitzchak. Can you imagine? All these souls are buried. were buried with Yitzchak. The bottom line is, there was something significant about the head of Esav. Rabbi Itchamayar Morgenstern says that perhaps the source that Esav did tshuva, it's not that he did a full-fledged tshuva, but in his mind, he wanted to do tshuva. His desire was to do tshuva. He didn't quite do it, but when the Haskuni says that Esav also did tshuva, how do we know he did tshuva? What source is there he did tshuva? The fact that the head is buried in the Maras Machpelah means that B'Roshay, he had machshavos, which were proper. So that that courtesy that Esav had, that his head was buried in the Maras that indicates at least he wanted to do tshuva now. By goyim, Hashem does not is not mitzareif machshav la'maisa. Their thoughts are not chashav. The only thing is, Esav really wasn't a guy. Esav, the Gemara says, was Yisrael Mumar. So, to some degree, his thoughts perhaps had value. The bottom line is, yeah, what is, hip, hip, is, I I am going head to take head all head. comments <laughs> after the shir, but um, it's not pasha that Esav will not have any survivors in the end of days. And I'm going to end this segment with a Gemara in Avodah The Gemara in Avodah says that Rebbe had a great admirer. Who is Rebbe's admirer? Antoninus. And Antoninus asked Rebbe, am I going to get go to Olam Haba? And Rebbe said, yeah. So Antoninus asked, what about the Pusik? There won't be survivors from base Esav. And Rebbe said, that's if they act like Esav. If they don't, if they're not then they will have The Gemara even Darshans isav isav isav. And the Gemara asks, I it says her kings will be destroyed and all of her princes, her kings, but not all her kings, all her princes, but not all her officers. So it does seem like. Despite the words of the Navi that Ain Saur the base there is a doorway open that even Esav in the end of days can have some degree of tikkun, and maybe that is reflected by the state of the Chazir, and which would mean that there might be some degree of rectification even for Esav in the end of days. Which, according to our conjecture, the same way two avenues are open to Ishmael. It could be they're also uh, based on the Gemara. There are two avenues that will be open to Aesop in the end of days. Okay, so that concludes the first segment. And. So, so, uh, clarify? Again, so what, what kind of that? Were there. Recording okay. stopped. Um, I'm going to clarify in the second segment. <laughs> now, here's the thing.